I just returned from four nights service, got home yet uh, Monday afternoon late, about six o'clock. My husband said, come over here and sit down by me and tell me what happened. I said, honey, I can't do it right now. Just going to have to wait. The Holy Ghost is so real. I'm telling you right now. I want to read this to you. I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Bible is my co-conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word of God are my weapons of warfare. I've been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. Hallelujah. I am a volunteer in this army, and I'm enlisted for eternity. I will either retire from this army at the rapture, or I'll die in this army. But I will not get out. I'll not sell out. I'll not be talked out, or I'll not be pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I'm here. If he needs me to teach children in Sunday school, to work with youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I'm there. If he needs me to in church Sunday morning, Saturday night, midweek, during revival, or special service, I'm there. I am there to preach, to sing, to teach, to play, to work, or to worship. God can use me because I'm there. I am a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed, popped up, picked up, or pepped up. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I am in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, candy, uh, cards, or give me a handout. I don't need to be cradled. I don't need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. And if I end up with nothing, I'll still break out even. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. I will win. My God will supply all of my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot... Uh, battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? I'm a soldier. 
even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to be captain and then bring me back with him to rule this world. I am a soldier in God's army. I will never surrender to the enemy. I will never turn back. I'm a soldier marching forward, claiming victory as I go. Here I am and here I stand. Will you stand with me? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I'm fired up tonight. I just come home from battlefield and you talking about God Almighty showing up and showing out. But he came on the scene. He healed, he delivered, he set free, he healed. And I'm telling you, I am so full of God till I can hardly contain myself. I hope I can get over to you what pastor has asked me to. But let me give you a fresh word. Hot off the press. Came to me today when I was praying and studying. God Almighty said, tell my intercessors to find their place and get in line for the work that lies ahead. You must not ever go or turn back, for I, your God, have called you for such a time as this. You will go on the front lines to tear down all the devil's forces and make null and void all his devices that try to hinder my call and all of my accomplishments for my kingdom. That's your, that's your job. Think it not strange, my children, what is happening in this world today, but be it known when my anointing intercessors you rise up with fresh assurance and power. Nothing can stop my hand of victory, saith God. Rise up, intercessors, and find your place. Be obedient and know that through my intercession, nothing will be impossible. So, if you're facing an impossible situation, know of a surety that God is watching. He knows exactly where you are. Pastor Randon informed me that he wanted me to talk about intercession. Blessed is a minister that can teach and not preach. So if I get on a, the limb of preaching, please forgive me because do I see who I think I see back there? Herman, is that you? I thought that was you. I'm glad you're here, my brother. Hallelujah. Something is on its way good for you, I heard the Lord say. When you lifted your hand, God said, I, the Lord God Almighty from heaven, chose you a few years ago. You have an assignment, Herman, from Almighty God. He said, son, be faithful 
be obedient to everything I speak to you, and I'm going to grant every need that you've asked me about. You get ready for that, for there's coming a showdown in your life about my uh, God Almighty. He's going to do great and mighty things. He has brought you by his spirit uh, that he may freshen something in your heart and in your life and let you know that he cares. Uh, and it doesn't matter what the devil says. God's got it in his hand, and he's bigger than the devil. He has all power. So he said, be encouraged, Herman, and know that I am your God. Shall we praise him? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, God. Hallelujah. Growing up in a Pentecostal heritage, I was from an early childhood awesome struck by the white-haired warriors of faith and the true intercessors, grandmothers and great-grandmothers, who knew that it was their duty to cause as much pain and grief to the devil as could possibly be arranged. I knew, as did other observers, that he feared them worse than ridicule and humiliation itself. These intercessors, prayer warriors, knew their duties, including praying for the lost, bringing up their babies in the faith, tending to the children, mothering the lonely, giving the pastors, listen to this, and his family adequate prayer covering, sending the gospel to the nations and interceding for the wayward. They seldom ever prayed for themselves. They were burden barriers, intercessors, and comforters. Being full of God's word, they guided churches and nations by prayer and fasting and were every devil's worst nightmare. They would speak with authority to demons and cause them to tremble and become paralyzed. When the day of accountability comes, most of God's people are going to owe a huge debt of gratitude to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for his gift to us for the prayer warriors and the intercessors. And it was through this that I learned the importance of praying and interceding. And my mother was one of those who left me an example. She would pray not 30 minutes, but one, two, and even three hours without getting off of her knees. And always had great results to follow. Miracles, healings, salvations, deliverances, you name it. You, don't want, you didn't want my mother to pray, I'm telling you right now, because she got the job done. She went straight into the throne room of Almighty God. I remember driving up to the church and getting out and hearing the echo coming from the hillside of prayer warriors and intercessors, some singing in tongues, some moaning and groaning in the spirit, others laughing and crying in the Holy Ghost. This would be set the atmosphere for the service. And as they came inside, such a holy move of God, people would find their way to the altar, many receiving the baptism before the service began. What an impact this had on my life, and I'll never be the same. To God be the glory. And uh, if you're not an intercessor, I hope you will be before you leave the service tonight. 
I'm going to try my best just to teach, but I'm open to whatever God's got. doesn't matter. I'm bought with a price. I don't belong to myself. I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Seventy-one years ago, I bowed my knee to an old-fashioned altar. I went by myself, and I stayed there until God filled me with his spirit, forgave me of my sins. I said, God, a little 12-year-old girl, I'm lost. I'm undone. I need a Savior. Forgive me, Lord. I want you to be my Savior, my God. I want you to be in control of my entire life. And I'll never forget that day. It grows sweeter every day that I live. Even in the, in the night hours when the Lord wakes me up and I have to get on my knees, get out of bed, and begin to talk to him. And many times the Lord has showed me some of your faces when I'd be down praying. I thank God for what he's done in my life. I give him all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. I'm unworthy, but he is worthy. Amen. He is a worthy God. He's a great God. So what is intercession? It's one who intercedes who makes himself available to be a channel to the Lord, praying for his burden and his concern. Through your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we work with him. Are all believers called to intercede? You don't have to take notes unless the Holy Spirit wants you to because I'm going to give you a copy of all this. Are all believers called to intercede? First Timothy 2, 1 and 8. And Matthew 21, 13, we are all called. It is important to Jesus because he was an intercessor. And he has given us the privilege to be an intercessor. If the Holy Spirit is in you, then you are an intercessor. In Romans, the Spirit makes intercessions for us. The Spirit of God that is inside of you makes intercessions. Is there a need for the ministry of intercession? Absolutely. You'll find that in Job and Ezekiel. When the Word of God, Ezekiel said, I sought for a man that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I want y'all to pray for something special. And that is when I get up to minister, I don't take a dry mouth. <laughs> so please excuse me if I have to drink a lot of water. It is important to Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, then you are an intercessor. Is there a need? Yes, you'll find that in Ezekiel and in Isaiah. Uh, and God marks the intercessors. I was so thrilled when I found that out about being an intercessor, because the Lord really laid it on my heart when I was quite young, about 16 years old, when I felt the first uh, intercession spirit come upon me. And it was just amazing what God did. And he's never stopped. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If you don't know what intercession is, how many of you mothers have had babies? Raise your hand. Just want to take a little look out here. Okay, well, intercession is the nearest thing to bringing a baby into this world. Actually, that's what it is in the spirit. You birth them into the kingdom of God. I remember a number of years ago, I had a girlfriend, and she and I were very close. We, we started to school together. We grew up together. But down through the years, she did not turn her life over to God. And I'll never forget the time. 
about for five years that I carried that burden of intercession for her. But one day, I birthed her into the kingdom. Even though she would not be obedient the night, the last time I was at my dad's when he called me to come minister for him. And I said to mother, mother, I'm going to call Johnny one more time before I go. She said, okay, honey. So I called her that Sunday morning, and she deliberately took the phone off of the hook. Well, how did you know, Sister Marshall? Because Jesus told me she did, and he don't lie. So I went on to church that morning and came back to mother's that night and got ready to leave Monday morning. I said, mother, I'm going to call her one more time. Let you know that God never fails. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so she answered the phone. I said, Johnny, you deliberately took the phone off the hook uh, yesterday morning when I called. She said, how did you know? I said, the Lord himself told me you did. She said, well, he don't lie. I sure did. I said, well, I love you very much, and I'm praying for you, but I'm headed home. Wednesday night. I got a call from my mother, and I said, she said, guess what happened? I said, Johnny received the baptism, and she asked for forgiveness from God for taking the phone off the hook. She said, exactly right. That's exactly what she did, and God baptized her. She couldn't turn around because I'd already birthed her in the kingdom. I'd had, I'd had pain for over five years, and it had gotten so severe that week uh, until I felt like I was all about to pass out. And I tell you, you'll know that you know that you know that you know, and they can run, and they can hide and they can go wherever. But when you birth somebody into the kingdom of God, just step back and say, have your way, holy God, because I know they're coming. Amen. I remember another person when I birthed into the kingdom uh, some years after that. Um, and, and so God had woke me up in the night and, and put his face right before my eyes. And I knew that I knew. So that morning after I got Brother Marshall off to work and the girls off to school, I fell on my knees and God, uh, the in spirit of intercession came on me. And I began to intercede for this young man until I felt a lift. I called his wife. I said, he'll be in church tonight. We were in a, a six weeks revival. She said, he won't come. And I said, he will come, and he will give his heart to God. Sure enough, there he came at that service. Because I'd birthed him in. I knew he was coming. And God baptized him that night so full of Jesus. Hallelujah. God never fails. It, it is, it's hard work, but it's worth every bit of it. Every bit of it when you birth somebody into the kingdom of God. I was in a revival in South Texas years ago. Renee was 15 months old. Cornell was three. Leah had never come into this world at that time. And I'll never forget it, 3 o'clock in the morning, God woke me up, showed me a man's face, and I began to intercede till I knew that I knew that he was coming. And so uh, the next morning, I never seen the man, didn't know him, I didn't know who he was, I just saw his face. The next morning, he came to Sister Marshall's. I was preaching for my brother-in-law and his wife, and um, I said, who is that man? She said, that's Brother Ernest Mangum, but don't, don't get excited. He, he don't believe in winning the preachers, number one, and he sure won't come to the revival. I said, wait just a minute. So, I'll just leave that part out. So, I said, he will be there tonight because at 3 o'clock this morning, God showed me his face, and I began to intercede. 
And I said, now, God, I want you to prove yourself. He said, don't worry about it, daughter. I've got it all under control. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I walked to the service in the service that night, and his wife came back where I was praying behind the full pit. I said, Sister Nora, come here. Let me tell you something. And she said, okay. So she came. I said, your husband will be in church tonight. He'll walk in the door. He'll come down to the second pew. He'll be sitting all the way over to the window. Oh, my Lord, Sister Marshall. She said, and I said, furthermore, he'll make his way to the altar tonight. God has done something for him. This day, he will never be the same. She said, if he comes, I'm going to come with him. I said, that's all right. So service went on. I gave the altar call. He stood up and started out of that pew where he was. Everybody in that church thought he was going out the back door, but not me, honey. I knew what he was going to do because, you know, when you intercede and you give it everything you got, it's not for your glory. It's not for fame to make you have a big head or uh, make somebody think who uh, that you're more spiritual. That's not it at all. It's all for the kingdom and the glory of Almighty God. And if we ever get so big that we think that things can't go on without us, then you may be left on the, on the sideline because I'm telling you, in this day that we're living right now, it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one that we better keep him on the pedestal because he is the mighty God. And so he got up and he came, and when he got to the end of the pew, the whole church froze because they knew him. They knew who he was. They didn't know what to do. He turned and came right down to the altar. And I want you to know that man, when God filled him, he just about turned that place upside down. They had not had a revival in over 10 years. But, honey, let me tell you something. God never fails. He knows who to put in there. He knows what to do and when to do it. But he has to have an intercessor to go before. And the reason that we're not seeing as many revivals and as much going on is because the intercessors have been asleep. But God said, I'm waking them up. I'm waking them up. And those that have intercession, prayer life, God's fixing to use you as Where's Sister Candy Gallion? Come up here, girl. I'm telling you, God is on the move now. You just get ready for that. The Lord said, tell you, come on up here. Oh, he said, tell you, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what the Lord God Almighty has in store for you. You've been a little weary, and there's been times when you just push things aside, and you said, I can't do it. God said, it'll never happen again because I'm putting a fresh anointing on you. I'm putting a fresh intercession on you as never before. And God said, that that you touch, I'm going to touch. And that that you pray about, I'm going to see to it that it comes to pass. Get ready for God said there's going to be more intercessors than you're going to know what to do with because he's laid his hand on you. Huh? Be not weary in well-doing, the Lord said, for in due season you shall reap. Be not weary, my daughter. Do not become calloused about with what I've laid on you. Be obedient to my voice. 
and you will never, never, never have to worry about a thing. God said, I've got you in the palm of my hand, and I've covered you, the Lord said. You just be obedient, and you move as my spirit moves on you. If not, God said, I'll give it to someone else. The Lord said, I will not force, but I give you the opportunity because I have called you, my daughter. Be obedient and watch my favor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, my God. Yes, my God. Intercession is important. Esther interceded for her people. Did God move? She said, if I perish, I perish, but I will not give up. Moses interceded for his people. He did not give up till God gave an answer. Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, and eight people were saved. Hannah interceded for a child, and God gave her a child. She gave him back to the Lord all the days of his life. Intercession is praying for others. It involves the most intense dimension of prayer. It is God's love flowing through you. I want to say that again. It is God's love flowing through you. And the Bible said, love, say it with me, never fails. So if God love never fails and it flows through you, then get ready for action to take place. Hallelujah. True intercessors will know how to do warfare. There will be a responsibility that will come upon your shoulders, and you seldom ever pray for yourself, but your prayer goes for others. I wouldn't take anything, and I, I don't take it lightly for being an intercessor. I have interceded for many ministers. God has brought them face-to-face to, face to me. Didn't even know them at the time I was interceding. I've interce- I interceded for Triumph Church. I remember very well the day it was birthed. Pain, agony, sometimes disappointment, sometimes things happening that didn't know if it would ever come around. But God. But God, hallelujah. True intercessors will recognize their enemy. They will begin to bind. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind it in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose it in heaven. And I remember a number of years ago, I was about three years old, but I very well remember the night When my dad was a drunkard, he was a gambler, he did about everything. He was a church member, but he wasn't a good one. And I remember that night when my mother had my sister next to me. They raised eight children. And my sister next to me was in her arms. And my dad came in so drunk, wrestled, my mother wrestled with him. He had the gun. My brother, that was two years older than I was. I'm telling you right now, intercession pays off. My mother had been sitting in that rocker interceding. She didn't know what was fixing to happen. 
But she just turned and gave my dad the keys, and he went on out the door. Mother got back in the chair and began to intercede. Thank God for praying, Mother. My dad went to the, to the dance hall that night. He stayed about maybe an hour, and he came back. Mother said, what's wrong? You're in mighty early. He said, none of them women danced right. I couldn't stay over there any longer. Something's happening to me. He went next door to our family that had a sick baby. Mother kept on interceding. She said, God, you know where he's at. I only ask you to save his soul. Don't let him die lost. And so the power of the Lord swept down in that house, knocked that baby out of that mother's lap, healed that baby instantly, and something happened for my dad. That was the last dance he ever went to. That was the last can of beer he ever drank. That was the last cigarette he ever smoked. Why? Because my mother interceded, and she stayed before God until God came through. I can tell you one thing. Intercession will change the circumstances and turn them completely around for um, that season of time. Uh, the doctor had told my dad, said, you got six months to live if you don't change your ways. And God turned that thing around through intercession from six years to 65 years. And he preached the gospel until the Lord took him in 1984. He was 84 years old. I'll tell you what, God never failed. Intercession never does grow weary uh, when you really want to see something done from God. Um, and so you'll recognize your enemy. You begin to bind him. You begin to loose him. You begin to pull down strongholds, cast down imaginations, take thoughts captive. Hallelujah. Just take a hold of everything. Then uh, true intercession knows the, uh, the armor, the armor of God. You'll find that in Ephesians. You have to have the arm of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. You know what it is. The word of God and the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that at that name, every knee one day is going to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. You may think you can get by without it. You may think you'll never bow your knee. But I'm here to, to break news to you. There's coming a day. If you don't bow on this earth, you'll bow in eternity. How Hallelujah. Warfare is, I want you to hear this. Warfare is addressing Satan through intercession. You go in front of Satan and not behind him. You block all of his attacks and you dismantle his snares and divide. I love that. I love to get right in his face uh, when it seems nothing is going right. And get right in his face and say, Devil, you are a liar from the pits of hell. I put you under my feet uh, where you belong. Amen. You don't belong out here trying to tempt me and try to test me, but you belong under my feet. Warfare is addressing Satan. That's why we have hard times in this walk of life. Many times because Satan comes around to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. Warfare, you just address Satan through intercession. You go in front of Satan and not behind him. Blocking everything he has tried to do. Travail is a little bit different. 
How many of you know what travail is or you think you know? Travail is addressing God. I love that. Burden is receiving your concern from God. It's a heavy load that comes before a breakthrough. So if you're an intercessor and you get heavy, heavy down and feel like you can't hardly uh, lift your head up, if you're an intercessor, that lets you know something is fixing to happen. Something is fixing to break. Hallelujah. I remember a number of years ago, we were in the little church in Needleland, and we were having prayer. And I had knelt flat down on the floor in front of the pulpit area. And I was crying out to God. I was interceding with everything that I had. And you know, sometimes when you intercede, God begins to talk to you, and he'll turn you in a different direction. And you'll think, oh, God, I, I don't know what's going on. But that's what happened to me. I was interceding for my sister-in-law. She had rheumatoid arthritis, crippling arthritis. And I was really interceding. And I said, God, why won't you heal her? She, she's a prayer warrior. She loves you. What is going on that you can't heal her? And God said some shocking words to me. He said, daughter, I'm not going to do it. I did everything for her at Calvary. You go heal the sick. You can imagine I just about fell over. He said, you go heal the sick. I'm not going to do it. So when you're interceding, there may be something come to you that you don't want to do. But I was obedient after a, a, a week, I wrestled with it for over a week, and I told Brother Marshall, I said, get that car filled up with gas, check it out. I'm on my way Monday morning. I'm headed to Vicksburg. Got in that car and went, you know, most of you know where um, Pineville, Louisiana is. I went through Pineville down that little ro road, and they call it the high road. And so uh, just as I got on that high road, I heard the door on this side open. It's just as as, as I was opening one right now, and I felt the presence of someone getting in the car with me. And so I just began to pray. I knew it was the presence of God. I began to pray and intercede for her that God would do a miraculous healing in her life. When I got to Vicksburg and got in the room, her daughter Betty said, Aunt Lisa, I'm going to the house. I'm real tired. I've been up all day and all night. I'm very tired. I said, go ahead. Me and Jesus got it under control. They could not get an IV in her arm at all. They had wrestled all evening trying to get one. And so she went on out, and I walked over to the bedside, and I said, Eva, I come here to heal you by the power of the Most High God laid hands on her. I said, you be healed in Jesus' name immediately. And so she, the, the nurse came in, and immediately she got an IV in her arm. She went off sleep, slept all night. The next morning, the doctor walked in the room. He opened the door, and he went back out about as fast as he came in. And so just in a few minutes, he came in again. He said, what in the world is going on in here? Eva sat up and said, God has been in here all night long. He said, yes, Lord God. And so he said, well, let me examine you. He went over and examined. He couldn't find one thing. He said, you can go home. Hallelujah. That's what intercession will do. 
It brings healing. It brings deliverance. It brings satisfaction. It brings hope. It brings joy. It brings peace. When you're so troubled and in turmoil and don't know what to do, just start interceding. Just start interceding. I'll guarantee you something will transpire. Sometimes we know what's happening and sometimes we don't. You may see a face. You may get a name. Make yourself available as a channel to work with God. It will be a major burden, an impulse burden, or an emergency. And there may be sometime when you have to do it on the spot right then. Don't wait till next week because God's an on-time God. And when he says something, he wants it to happen right then, okay? All right, so it could be a, a major burden. Pray right on the spot. I remember, and I may have told you all this, I was in, I, I believe it was, Wal not Walmart, it was, yeah, it was Walmart. They do have groceries, yes. And I saw this lady, and she was all bent over. And the Spirit of the Lord said, go lay hands on her. I walked over, and I said, honey, would you mind if I pray for you? She said, please do. I, my back is hurting so bad, I cannot even raise up without the pain. It's so bad. Laid hands on her, and I said, God, prove yourself right now to this precious lady. And, and immediately, that's why it's good when, when the Holy Ghost tells you do something, do it then. Don't wait the next week. I didn't even know who she was. Don't know who she was for this day. Never seen her again. If I, if I did, I didn't know her. But God knew her, and he knew where she was. And laid hands on her. Immediately, her back straightened up. She said, "Woo." Oh, my, she said, I don't have a pain in my body. Well, I'm telling you that to tell you that God is calling the intercessors to get on the spot and do it when he says do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Qualifications of an intercessor. Full of the Holy Ghost. Know the word of God. Have a prayer life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. How many of you know how to pray in the Spirit? Have you ever prayed in the Spirit? Well, you might ought to start doing it real often. We get the job done when we pray in the Spirit because, see, the Spirit knows what we need to pray. Sometimes we don't know, but the Spirit of God knows what to do. I'll never forget my mother praying in the Spirit. She prayed so much in the Spirit. And my dad would go to work, and, and she, he would come home at noon. He, he wouldn't go in the kitchen. All the pots would be cut off, food there not finished. But he would listen. Mother would be outside in her prayer closet interceding. Oh, my God. And you know what? You, you may think this is strange. But I remember my mother, she, did, she was such an intercessor. Such an intercessor. And she would get to praying in tongues, singing in tongues, laughing in tongues. You could tell it was a foreign language. And my dad many times would go back to work and get him a hamburger or something and uh, never say a word, never complain, because he knew she was on a mission from God. I'll never forget we were in service one night, and Mother was up, up interceding in front, just up praying, began to pray in tongues. Two men walked into that service, had never been in a Pentecostal service in their life. And when she finished, they said, lady, what language do you know? Mother said, I don't know anything but English. And both of them stood up and said, well, you just spoke in our native language. And you told us that what you have, God wants to give it to us. And we want it. Can we get it? Can we have it? 
They walked down the aisle, and Mother laid her hands on them. Both of them fell out talking in a heavenly language, talking in English that they didn't even know, and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I'm telling y'all, we're serving a mighty God. Pray in the Spirit fast, and be sure that if you don't have discernment of the Spirit, ask God to give it to you because you need it in intercession. Have a strong anointing because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Faithful covering of your pastors because they've been proven, they've been tested, and they've been tried. Characteristics, and I'm rushing, characteristics of an intercessor. Be a good listener both to God and to others. Become acquainted with problems, hurts, pains, and struggles. And you can do that when you're interceding because God will speak it out to you and show it to you. Always be open to the Holy Spirit of God. Stay in control. Number two, be moved with compassion. Have a godly concern and then move into action. Number three, be available. Be a people person. Number four, Always have good material to place into the hands to cover the situation. Scriptures, tapes, books. If you don't have it, your pastor will have it. If he doesn't have it, he'll get it for you. Okay? So be, be confident. Focus on God and not on the problem. Give encouragement, appreciation, approval, and affirmation. Requirements of an intercessor. Live in love, live in forgiveness, live in humility, live in submission. Very important. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he's got to flee. Fast, keep your flesh under control. Hear from God through the word, through the ministry, and through the spirit. Be obedient when the Spirit speaks. Don't hesitate. Move quickly. Always be on the alert. Keep your ears open and your heart in tune. Now, number 10, don't talk too much. Be still, be quiet, and very reverent to the Spirit of the living God. What is the difference between a burden and a travail? A burden is receiving concerns from God. This comes through the discernment of the Spirit. Travail is bringing that burden to birth, like I told you about my friend. Prayer of compassion, suffer with it. It becomes very painful through intercession. The next one is warfare. That's the act of working the burden through to gain your victory. Learn to identify the situation. This comes through intercession and the word of God. And the last thing, but it's not the least, never give up until mission has been accomplished. Last thing I'm going to tell you about was an experience that I had before we left Vicksburg, Mississippi. I was interceding and praying, and the Lord said, I want you to go to South Street. I knew where South Street was. 
I want you to go to South Street. I want you to park at the very end. And there's a flight of stairs that are probably some 20 or 25. I want you to go to the top of those stairs and knock on the door to the left. There's a lady that will open the door that has been weeping and crying for someone to come tell her about Jesus. The Lord spoke that to me when I was in intercession. I walked up those steps, and when I got to that door and knocked on it, sure enough, this lady opened the door. She said, I knew you were coming. She didn't know me. She'd never seen me. Evidently, the Lord told her. She said, I knew you was coming. I'm so hungry for God. Would you just pray for me? I said, indeed, I will. I began to pray for her, and the presence of Almighty God enveloped that lady. And she was in church that Sunday morning with seven children. As far as I know, she's still living for God. I want to tell you something, friend. Intercession is nothing to play with. But if you mean business with Almighty God, and it's your desire to be an intercessor that will bring people to the kingdom of God, I'm going to open these altars, and I, I cannot give you the spirit of intercession, but I promise you one that can. And Jesus said, delight yourself in me, and I will give you the desire of your heart. If you've never given the Lord your heart and you've never become acquainted with him, we're going to open the, the altars for you to come and receive him, and he will bless you, then he will lead you as to what he wants you to do. But if you're here tonight and you want to be an intercessor in the kingdom of God, I want you to come and stand. I'd like to just pray for you.
it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. More and more. More and more. We want you more and more. Fill it. Father, I just thank you for what you've done tonight in our hearts. Seal it. Seal it. Cause our lives to be transformed. Let the burden of prayer just burn deep within our hearts in the name of Jesus. We receive from you tonight, Father. Seal it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You're dismissed. And if you have small children, make sure you pick them up right as you leave.